from Austin, Texas to Essex, England. Uh, four months is a good, I feel like that's a good gap, really, uh, because we needed to regroup. We needed to basically take in the season and come back to you with a fresh mid-season recap. Uh, we, and that's basically what our strategy was from the get-go. That's what we meant to do. Joined by my co-host, James Lingy, 12 Lingfield. James, am, am I right in that assessment? We, I mean, we needed to take some time to really soak in what's going on. I think we were pushing too hard. We got a call over our engineer saying, tires are growing and need to back off for a bit. And uh, everything's cooled down. Battery's charged up. I'm going for a full yeah. push now. Second half of the season, if, if yeah. this is the half, I guess. Yeah, full push. Uh, you just came back from, you were in Amsterdam, dude? Yeah, I was in Amsterdam. And that was really cool. Did you wear that shirt over there? The the Dutch football shirt. Yeah, yes, yeah, I did. Is that what you're wearing right now? Is that a Dutch uh, football shirt? No, this is just a, a like classic 1980s, like quagmire from Family Guy. It's like button shirt. Nice. I'm going to a, a mate's party in about an hour. So oh, uh, Yeah, he's on the run. James is a man on the run. Dude, you should call that a, a Dutch football shirt because I feel like you guys over there, you, you know, y'all do the jawing a lot between countries. <laughs> I feel like Dutch athletes, I was talking to you earlier before we started taping, like the watching the Austrian Grand Prix, like the Dutch, like the Dutch fans and the Austrian fans were just like, yeah, screw the British guys, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like that, like with this, especially with the cheering, when Lewis went into the wall, I was like, wow, you guys are rabid. So like, I feel like y'all should, you should wear shirts like that and just be like, yeah, these are Dutch football shirts. That's what they wear. That's what I had to wear. So I wasn't like hate crimes in, uh, in, cause I hit, if the Dutch people heard my accent, be like, Hey man, you, you're one of those Hamilton guys. I don't like the guy. That's my Dutch. I'm so sorry for any Dutch listener. I like you guys. You're very friendly. And that's a terrible accent. I'm so sorry. You got, I, we apologize for any harsh accents. Uh, that's a way better Dutch than I can do. I don't even want to hear it. I'm frightened. No, I'm not going to try. I mean, the last, <laughs> time, the last time I tried to do a Dutch accent, it was like impersonating that third Austin Powers movie, which it wasn't that great. So I won't even try. It is an interesting one, though. I've got so I realized that I have a longtime friend that lives in, she lives in Delft. Netherlands and uh, and it's like right down the road from Zandvoort. She's like, yeah, come visit whenever you want. And I'm like, oh, I think I will round about, I guess, what September? Just a coincidence. Uh, just a coincidence. And I feel like that would be a good one to go to. I feel like for some reason, Zandvoort for like an American going to their first European Grand Prix would just be so off the wall that it would be the perfect one to just like break <laughs> in yourself with for like European Grand Prix. That'd be pretty fun. So yeah, you man, we you've been on some vacations. That's cool. You had COVID for the first time, dude. I know. It's wow. it's really embarrassing getting COVID for the first time yeah. in like June. It's like, you know, when in like like imagine like a be a meeting of like war vets, like, oh, I was in World War II. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. I was in Afghanistan. Oh, this yeah. guy was like, Oh, I'm in some like the war of Antarctica. I'm like, okay, no one cares. You know, I lost all my sympathy points. And it was so annoying. The war of Antarctica, dude, the coldest war of all time. The actual Cold War, you know? And give it give it ten years of climate change and it'll be just like a nice sunny day. Yeah, in the middle of Antarctica. Yeah, people are like, boo, boo, climate change. First of all, I, let's bring it on. I don't know. It seems like a lot of tropical <laughs> stuff going on. That shirt will come in handy. You know, just hey, true. Yeah, don't live on the coast. Places that are warm now will be like snowy. It'll be like day after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just try not to dive into the top of any windies after a after a ultra freeze comes over I Texas. Just the huge vortex of things that whatever ideally, yeah, ideally. yeah 
I'm going to edit that right up. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, man, it's been a little bit. I don't know. I'm trying to think of th- cool stuff I've done. I've done some stuff. Uh, whatever. We'll talk about it later. But uh, it's, it's too cool to talk about. It's highly classified. I, listen, I'm a private man and uh, I live an epic private life. Guys like us, we just like to keep it off the radar, really, and not really flaunt it. So uh, anyway, anyway, uh, dude, this has been a crazy midseason. Uh, this has been a crazy mm. 2022 season, I guess we should say. We're capping it at the midseason mark. Don't know how many things have gone according to how I thought they would at the beginning of the season. And I feel like you kind of expected that. You, you expected the spontaneity. Mm of this season. Um, I really enjoy it. I'm actually enjoying this season a lot because I, I feel like once we get to next season, the teams would have dialed in these cars a little bit better. And uh, maybe we're not going to see a lot of the, uh, um, you know, the unpredictability that we're seeing right now, but we find ourselves at summer break. I didn't see Ferrari 80 points back, but over the last few months, we have seen them completely botch several races i think about six total if i'm not mistaken in pretty spectacular ways too even uh, with the hungarian grand prix it's just the most recent one going back to the one that's oh. in our memory <laughs> with strategy calls where you're just like uh, a five-year-old could have told you that that wasn't going to work the hard tires weren't working very well and it's just like really simple stuff and james if we i feel like if we could just start off talking about this because i think this is the biggest thing right now is what is going on with Friars race team? Um, because it seems like they've really let their design team down with this car, because I think reliability issues aside, which are kind of understandable for the first year of new regulations, they've really mishandled the potential of this vehicle. And I don't know if it's the driver's fault completely. I think it is sometimes, but I think that pit wall is, I don't know what they're doing, man. I I don't know if they're just not getting enough coffee over there. If there's, (laughs) kind of of winging it because they're Ferrari and they're just, you know, a little loose with it. Uh, But I don't know, man, what is your feeling on how they've handled this so far? What what are your thoughts and and feelings on watching these races unfold? Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think that the race team is letting down the design team because it's, you could very much make the case that Ferrari is the fastest car on the grid. You know, they've taken way more poles than Red Bull have, which, you know, particularly where, I mean, I don't think it's controversial to say, Verstappen is the best driver on the grid right now. So that means if he's getting so few poles, they are massively outperforming that Red Bull team in quality. The race pace is still good, but like so many poor, terrible performances. I need to fact check this, but I think Leclerc has only picked up one podium in his last six races. Yeah. Insanity, you know, for the guy that should be second in the championship. I mean, Lewis is driving a... A good, it's not a bad Mercedes at all, but I mean, that Mercedes is an upper midfield car. It's not in the same league as those two. And Lewis has scored more podiums than Ferrari. It is mind boggling some of the decisions they make. I mean, the hards, uh, Magnussen pitted on the hards on about lap two and was terrible all race. So, surely that's your indication. Don't put them anywhere near the hards, you know? And, and that's the biggest own, own goal ever. Russell was on pole. Your two rivals are miles back. That's a one-two. That's an easy one-two. And, and as much as, you know, full credit to Verstappen, great drive, deserve the win. How, how did Ferrari end up, up off the podium? Yeah. Insanity, insanity. 
Yeah, it's uh, really disappointing when you have such a potential in those two drivers, because I think we've said this all season, and I think we were even saying this last season a bit too, is the one-two of Charlie and Carlos, Carlos and Charlie's. I say, I always say Carlos and Charlie's because that's the name of like a boat bar here in America, I, or at least it was like, let's go to Carlos and Charlie's Parker Speedboat and go get some margaritas. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Chuck and, and Carlos over here, I feel like the one, two, what they are able to bring in, in aggregate to that team is a lot of potential that maybe even a team like a Lewis and a George and maybe even a Sergio and a Max aren't able to bring uh, with two very strong drivers. Ooh, that um, is controversial. Well, I th- yeah, I think it's comparable at least. And by the way, Charles won Austria. And I'm not seeing another podium for him in the last six races, so I'll keep skimming. But I don't think I think that was it. I think he had a win, and then mm. he's he's off the podium. Uh, yep. And let's see, Canada didn't have a podium, and and then back who? Uh, no, he's having to go up. Yeah, back yeah, no, yeah. So he's had the win in Austria. So it's either like he's winning or he's off the podium. Um, and they're not able to provide that consistency. It's just really strange, man. It's sort of something where some of this is like a PR thing. And we know how scrupulous Ferrari is with their PR machine. They're like one of those old school, like old rich families where like if stuff goes wrong, they don't want to admit anything. They're just like, yeah, oh, yeah it's great. It's, it's everything's great. It's like, but your house is getting repossessed. It's like, We're fine. <laughs> so, at, so, at risk of sort of profiling a little bit. It is a little bit mafia, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, Don Corleone's in the hospital. Uh and and Michael's in Sicily, but uh no, everything is fine. Everything yeah. is fine. Yeah, that's a terrible godfather impression. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, it, again, it's better than it's better than what I could do. I can't do it. <laughs> I was telling you earlier, all I could do is a Barack Obama, and that's it. I can do Obama, and that's that's about it. Uh that's not bad. That's okay. On, I'm working on the McConaughey, the Matthew McConaughey. That's a tough one because you got to speak out the front of your mouth, right? And a real slow draw, but I am Texan, so it comes naturally a bit. But that's, yeah, that's cheating. <laughs> but like uh, you kind of get it because like they don't, you, it's not your job really to air out your, your mistakes in the middle of a season because other teams are watching it too. So it's mm. not like they can give you a lot of information, but you just kind of wonder what's going on in those back rooms and those debriefings and what the deal is with moving forward. Like what are they talking about in the off season right now uh, would be a great fly on the wall deal to kind of see is like, mm. what what are you doing to change your strategy calls? And I have this gut feeling like they're not going to change much this season. Like they're just going to keep going with these weird strategy calls, probably do like a four stopper at spa for whatever reason, even mm. though it's not a huge tire track. You know what I'm saying? Just like stuff like that. We're just like, okay, hey, well, don't rule anything out Ferrari. Yeah. Obviously, you know, do you happen to know who the chief strategist is at Ferrari off the top of your head? I don't, but I imagine it's someone who is sweating a lot right now, spending a lot of time on LinkedIn, I think, is the chief Ferrari strategist. But yeah, I mean, you say about changing stuff, I don't think it's something they can change because it's not like a, a conscious effort to make these strategies. It's just them getting it wrong. And what, what can you do? Say, oh, don't get it wrong. You know, they're trying not to. But they, they and it's something with Ferrari, it's going back, like right the way through Alonso, you know, 15 years ago, they seem to have done it. They seem to have thrown away yeah. easy wins, easy points. I don't know whether it's a cultural thing or a technology thing in that team, but oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. 
It's really strange. It's a it's a thing that you don't see at the other teams right now, which is no. a seemingly innate inability to trust their drivers in the clutch. No pun intended. But like yeah. they're not ever able to trust their drivers with calling good strategy. For instance, if you watch most races right now, Carlos Sainz is basically ca- calling his own strategy right now. Hmm. <laughs> He's just like, no, nah, I'm going to do this. He's essentially one of the video game players where you have to call <laughs> your own strategy in the middle of the game because the AI is not good enough to do it. And they'll be like, hey, uh, completely dry race, but we're going to put you on the intermediates for right now. It's like, okay, well, we got two laps left and there's sun in the sky. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, fix it, you know, Codemasters. That's another topic. We'll get to that later because we got to talk about the game. It's been out for a month, right? Uh, yeah. But but it's it's very strange. You don't, and again, you don't see that with other teams, and you, but you've seen it at Ferrari for a long time. Um, you've seen it with their other driver lineups as well. Uh, and you got to wonder, that's probably part of why Sebastian Vettel left in 2020, um, especially with having just a absolutely aggressively mediocre car. Uh, he was probably pretty tired of being smarter than their strategists at some point. So it's like this really strange mix of like, they have really bad deg with their tires. Mm-hmm. They're not able to manage that. They're not able to call strategy on the fly. And then at the very least, they're not able to trust their drivers with strategy. Although you have in Charles Leclerc, a very smart driver, a very intelligent driver. And then you have in Carlos Sainz, one of the most technically apt drivers on the grid. If you're going to take any driver on the grid and say, who is most likely the most technically adept guy by reputation alone, it's definitely Carlos Sainz. He's one of those guys where you can trust him to understand the technical side of what's going on a lot more than some of these other drivers. So it's a really strange phenomenon to watch such a legendary, like legacy team make so many of these mistakes that shouldn't be made by a team that's, I mean, I think they're the, like the old, oldest team on the grid and maybe that's their downfall. Maybe that's their Achilles heel, right? Where it's like, they're so old, they've done set things for so long, one particular way that they're not able to see these other perspectives on approaching these races, especially with a team like Red Bull, which is, it seems to be just like a, whatever is going to get the job done. Let's do that. And let's be consistent on top of it. I would like to see them make some sort of change. Yeah. But I think that that is the one saving grace with Ferrari is fixing a car that's slow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time, you know, but the car is fast. They've had their reliability issues, but for the most part, I mean, if Ferrari made the right strategy calls every race, I don't think they'd be that far behind Red Bull. No. Um, so the pace is in the car. And the hope is that after the summer break, they'll put Red Bull under a bit of pressure. That's all anyone wants. They want to see a cool title fight. Who takes an Abu Dhabi? I don't really care. But as long as it's close, you know? Yeah. And I think Leclerc deserves a car and a team that is as good as he is driving this season. Yeah. And, and now that you mention him, what is he doing wrong this season is a great question. What can he do better on? Uh, and I've been wondering this myself, where are the places he's making mistakes at over a, a stone cold kind of Dolph Lundgren type guy with, with Max Verstappen, <laughs> where it's like the guy's like the typical athlete sports movie defending champion where it's like, oh, this guy just does not make mistakes, you know, he, and he's just stone cold with every facet of, of his career. So like when you're going up against somebody like that, you, you, you really can't be making the mistakes uh, Chuck no. is, is making. What do you think is like his biggest, his biggest flaw right now? I mean, like he said, after France, he dropped 39 points, I think 36 points from his DNF in France and his spin at Imola. And that is on him. And when you're fighting Verstappen, you can't afford mistakes like that. 
Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I don't even really think he's making any more or less mistakes than any other driver on the grid. I mean, he's probably makes fewer, if you're honest. Yeah. Um, so I don't even think you can blame him for making those. He's not doing anything wrong to me. You know, I, I think as much as I, I agree that Verstappen is the best driver on the grid right now, I think you put Leclerc on that red board, he leaves the championship too, you know? Yeah. So it, it's not, although, yeah, Leclerc dropped points along the way, I don't think you can point and say, Leclerc, you should be top of the championship because with the, the team he's got, he can't, at the moment at least. Yeah. And then I guess it, it begs the question if next season Ferrari the same mess and, I don't know, let's say Lewis retires, would you be tempted to jump ship? I know he's got such a long contract with Ferrari. I think it's like another eight years left, but yeah. he was telling me he doesn't have the money in Monaco somewhere to buy him out of that. Yeah, I mean, as far as Charlie goes, uh, Charlie or Chuck, what am I going to call him for the rest of the season? I think I'm going to switch it to Charlie just to see if he does any better, if I'm calling him Charlie. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much of this is actually his mistake. Um, even in France where he'd been the car, it's like, well, you know, you didn't let him cover off Max on those tires of course you know he kind of burnt him out you ran him a little longer on those mediums than you probably should have you know where was the strategy with that so i don't know yeah it's pretty it's, i don't know it's just hard to say uh when you have a team that's not really entrusting you with that car like they should uh who's to say at this point anyway a lot of silly season stuff to talk about of course we've got the whole piastri fiasco the the piasco going Way. on. Uh, so yeah, that horrible, horrible pun. Worst pun I've made on a podcast. All good. I mean, it's one of those where I think we'll never know what really happened. You know, there's a lot of puppetry going on. I think somewhere hidden in all that, Alonso is like the dark puppet master. Like, did you see as soon as the, the Piastri tweet came out, Alonso put a picture up on Instagram, just him smiling. <laughs> like he's, he's just decided to hate Alpine within about five days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where Alpine go from here. And they've lost their current driver and their future driver, and they're left with that I like Ocon. I think he's a decent driver. But if ultimately Renault want to get back, or you know, who was Renault, want to get back to the Renault glory days, you know, Piastri's not the guy to do it. And all the top talents are already at the top teams, you know. Yeah. Who are they going to bring in? Is the question. Uh, does Ricardo go to Alpine? Does oh, he go surely not. His original team? That's a downgrade, isn't it? It's sort of like one of those bad marriages where like the two people don't have any other options. So they're <laughs> stuck with each other. And you're like, oh, you guys definitely settled for each other. This wedding's going to be weird. I'm getting drunk. So, so <laughs> that's, that's Cyril. Cyril's yeah. going to turn up as the bitter yeah. ex. Hey, uh, they definitely didn't choose each other. They're not in love. This wedding is a little weird now. I just want to drink. So we're going to drink and, and, and we'll get out of here. So, so like what's going on? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of is like that, man. What options do does Ricardo have if he wants to stay on the grid? Uh, and how many guys can they really choose from to not downgrade and lose performance in that driver's seat? Because as far as I can see, I don't know who it's going to be. What are their viable options? Really? I mean, they've got, you know, I mean, is Mick Schumacher's a long shot? Maybe. No way. I don't see him and Haas cutting ties for next season. Yeah. Although I, I'm pretty sure I saw something that he's considering not signing his Ferrari Driver Academy contract. But I mean, has his, I'm not going to get onto Schumacher again. We've spoken 
at nauseum about yeah. Schumacher. Yeah. And also, I think I, he's doing a lot better. I, I, no, he's I, doing, I, told, I told you I gave him to, to Spa until Spa to turn it around. I think he's when we'll see what happens with Spa. But I think he's I think we're at the point last two races have been pretty solid. We'll see how that continues. It's definitely been better than the beginning of the season. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, is that not two points finishes out of 11? You yeah, know, but yeah. Point, yeah, but, but he got him. You know, he's, he's getting him. Season's not over. Got nine more races. So, we'll I, I, th- I mean, I think Kevin Magnuson's hardly the greatest driver on the grid. And if he's got almost half the points of his teammate, you know, that's not, not anything to celebrate in. But any, anyway, anyway, sorry. Um, I don't think Schumacher has shown that he deserves a seat, the fourth best team in F1. Um, Norris is tied down. Did you say the fourth best team in F1? Aren't they fourth P4 right now in the constructors? In the constructors? Absolutely not. Haas? No, I'm oh, sorry. I'm talking, I'm talking if Schumacher oh, wants to move oh, to Alpine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You know, Norris is tied down. Gasly, the thing with Gasly, I don't think he's been great this season, which is a shame because otherwise that, that move makes so much sense. I think it, he might still go for it. If I had to like get a gun to my head and I had to guess who drives for RP next year, I say Gasly. But there's a little part of me that thinks Nico Hulkenberg is a smart shell. That guy is a good driver still. He's a good driver. He wouldn't cost as much as some of the others. He's got no release calls. If I'm, if I'm Mike Crack, great name, I pick, uh, I pick Nico Hulkenberg. You know, just go with Michael. Just Michael Crackle. If I'm Michael Crackle. Michael Crack. Michael Crack. Uh, it's, I mean, he's, I mean, you know, what do you got? Three people to choose from at this point. So he's one of them. I don't think it's a horrible choice. I don't know if it's the most consistent choice. He definitely wasn't showing great potential in 2019 in his last season. No, that's true. Um, and he hasn't driven in another three years. So I don't know if I'm taking a rookie with two seasons, or I, I mean, I guess at this point, somebody who's a third year driver in Schumacher over a guy that hasn't been on the grid for three years. I don't know. It seems like a sort of yeah. decision. I mean, it, it really does. Cause I mean, either way, I think you're looking at some serious disadvantages in those two drivers in their respective ways. I, it just, it's so unknown with him because you just don't, he doesn't have the seat time. It's just hard Mm -hmm. to say. So it's gotta be a really tough decision. I mean, I think their best outcome would be Gasly. I think their best would be to get Gasly in that seat. And I think they would just have to bank on him not wanting to be in the Red Bull ecosystem anymore, which is a viable alternative because I don't think he's got a, a Red Bull team Navy blue seat in his future. I just don't no. think that's in the cards for him. It's not going to happen. They want him at that other team to like prop up that other team. But you know, how long is he going to stay there? Especially if Alpine shows any sort of sign of being a competitive force against McLaren next season as well. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll tell uh, he's going to have a better insight into like what their upgrade packages are for this year and next than anybody in the media will. So so it's it's really hard to tell. I think that's their best case, though, is to just go yeah. with uh, with Alpine and try to get out of that AlphaTauri seat. Has Piastri officially signed with McLaren? Do we just kind of know that he's going to McLaren? What's the deal with that? Uh, as many reports as I think is reasonable have said that he's going to McLaren. Um, I'd be surprised if he didn't. You know, Piastri is such a talent. Everyone's going to snap him up, surely. I heard the plan actually was he goes to Williams for a year. Alonso stays at Alpine. 
Then 2023, they kick out Alonso to get Piastri in with a year under his belt. Yeah. Um, but have, have everyone having moved. And I think also a, some something that someone's not talking about is Williams. You know, when they had Piastri lined up for that seat, presuming the TV goes, which, you know, please God, surely he's not going to stay there again. Yeah, uh, he's out. Who takes that seat? Yeah, that's a good question. I think if Ricardo wants to stay in F1, that's his best shot. Yeah. Is Williams. And that that is really bleak. It's really bleak. The guy that, that, that there's another timeline. Someone, someone somewhere in 2017 stepped on a butterfly by accident. And if they don't step on a butterfly, then Daniel Ricardo is world champion. And yet here we are, four years later, step the guy could be out of F1. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that just kind of fell victim to that new crop of drivers coming in that are just mm. lightning quick, just mental rapid. Yeah. The Lando Norris's and, uh, you know, the, the Chucks and things like that. Those, these, this new, new crop, uh, that, that I feel like only these new rookies coming in are really going to be able to compete with, um, this, uh, era of driver that started late two thousands, you know, with the Sebastian Vettels and, uh, the Ricardos, Sergio Perez being like one of the only ones from that era that's still able to, to hold it, to maintain, mm. um, arguably Alonzo, but he's from a different, like a slightly older generation. The, actually, mm. the, the level at which Alonzo has been driving is quite impressive. And you, oh, yeah. you could make the argument that he's still being held back in a car like, like the Alpines, which makes it super confusing why he even went to Aston Martin. It's so strange. But apparently there's a lot of weird baggage that comes with having Fernando Alonso as one of your drivers, the least of which is not just him coming in and just sort of wanting to run the management and things like that. So he seems like sort of a handful, even though he's like a really small dude. So I, Oh yeah. Just like, you can't even see him, but then, <laughs> see, that's what makes him so dangerous. You can't see him when he's there. I heard a very, very interesting rumor because it seems, I mean, Aston, why the hell would anyone go to Aston Martin, particularly Alonso, who I think, Side note, I think there's six drivers on the grid that could be world champion tomorrow in the right car. I think Alonso is one of them. But anyway, aside from that, uh, you have to remember, obviously, Aston Martin powered by Mercedes. And apparently Toto is really like that older driver, younger driver dynamic. And he was thinking that if, if they get Alonso in a Mercedes-powered team, then 2024, Hamilton calls it a day, he would draft in Fernando Alonso. Mm, which would wow. be so cool. And I, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be racing against him in a top car. You put Alonso back in the top car, he could win a world championship. I'm convinced. Yeah, I think I think he really could give it a run. He's just a victim of circumstance in the sense that like he's in a sport where you just need the equipment like that to really put mm. up a fight. If it was a sport that had more like technical equity in terms of like you could go out on a golf course and it doesn't matter like mm. what kind of clubs you hit as far as long as like they work for you, you can go yeah. and compete. We see that with like Tiger Woods and older players all the time. Any other sport too, if you've got the, the actual performance in you still, and you've got that drive, you can go out and compete. I think with something like motorsport, especially formula one, where every 10th counts, every hundredth mm. of a second counts. Um, you're, yeah, you're sadly victim to that where it's like, if you don't have one of the best three cars, on the grid that season, especially like top two right nowadays, where it's like two teams have it and the other guys are just fighting for the scraps. Like you, then you just can't, you just mm. can't unless something weird happens and, and top teams crash out. 
But like, it's one of those things where you definitely know he's still driving at that level. Yeah. I don't think that's like a really unfair assessment to say, like, if he was in a top car, he would give it a run. That would actually be weird. Dude, picture Fernando Alonso in that second Red Bull seat. It gives for Stappen, that would be why I think I still think Max would come out on top, but like that would be really good to watch. And and then I think that would be a, a test of because at the moment everything is pointing that Max for Stappen's gonna be one of the greats. But can he beat Fernando Alonso? I think he can. It's a it's a disgrace, really, when you think of it, that Fernando Alonso only has two world championships. I say only, mm. but you know, I mean I, I think he's better than he's better than Seb as a driver, he's better than Reichen as a driver. Of his generation, of sort of the post-Schumacher, pre-Hamilton generation, Alonso is by a mile the best. And I, I think he deserves one more chance, you know, at a top team. One more time. We will see. But for now, <laughs> he's going to race for old daddy Stroll. It's just really strange. It was a really strange decision. They must be paying him a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Because I don't see them... Man, what are they doing to make improvements for next season? I don't think they're going to be that much better. So it's like, I guess he just wants to finish out uh, just making some coin before he goes somewhere else. Uh, maybe he goes to IndyCar. You know, I was watching the IndyCar this last weekend, and there's like five old F1 drivers in IndyCar. They just kind of go there to retire. Uh, and then yeah, it was a it was a track in Nashville. You're just like, wow, it was a weird. It's a weird track, man. You come down off that bridge and then you break hard and you do like a hard right. I'm like, this is. That looks tough. Anyway, um, not a not an IndyCar podcast, so we'll save that for another day. Uh, let's talk about surprise and disappointments so far. Okay, We arrive at the midseason, uh, and what is your biggest surprise coming into the midseason, into the summer break? Who has really stood out as far as, like, you know, giving you something you did not expect to see? In, uh, no, I think that the points table isn't quite fair here, but I did not expect Russell to be as close to Hamilton as he is. You know, Lewis Hamilton's Lewis Hamilton, you know, and George Russell has has matched him really. There's been very few races where Lewis was off the pace, uh, Russell was off the pace in comparison to him. I think now that Lewis is used to the, the position of the car and, you know, used to his role in, in on the grid, he is now starting to get that upper hand on him. But Russell has been so, so good. And I did not expect that. So what about yourself? You know what, man? I hate to agree, but I feel like it really, I don't know if there's anything more significant. Aside from just the fact of, I mean, aside from like the numbers Magnuson's putting up, uh, at least in qualifying, with his qualifying performances, I know that we can't say that their race pace is like all that impressive, given what they have to struggle with, with Ferrari uh, package and uh, tire degradation and stuff like that. I don't think that's really serving them very well, but his pace overall in qualifying and uh, the way he's able to throw that car around has been pretty surprising as well. I did not Mm. expect him to be as strong as he was or as he has been, Um, especially in a car that like they're not, it's strange because they put all their energy towards this 2022 car hosted, but they've got one upgrade this season. So it's Mm. like, what, what are we doing? As far as that goes, I was I was reading about that the other day. I was like, so one upgrade? We'll see how long Haas is even a team. Because it's like, you, what are you doing? It's 2022. We've got all these new regulations coming in. We've got an engine freeze. And then we've got new engines coming in in a few years. How are you guys going to survive? Get some more sponsors. Get some sponsors, guys. What's going on? Uh, the Haas, Nutella, Netflix, F1 team. 
That's what we need. Did you say Nutella Netflix? The Haas Nutella Netflix Dude. Victoria's Secret F1 team. The most Bro- random three sponsors you could ever think of. Brought exactly. to you by the Repub- Democratic Republic of Korea. That's Kim Jong-un's got enough money for an F1 team. Come on, yeah. man. Pull your finger out. Yeah, man. All the money he could be using to like, you know, feed his people. He's just like, let's do racing. And that would be something he did. You know, it's like mm. we, we could use this money uh, to feed, you know, the starving masses emaciated in the streets. But instead, let's just put it into shiny race cars and see how that goes. So <laughs> with Victoria's Secret and dude, Nutella, you know, just. They're like forcing their drivers to like eat Nutella before they race. It's like, okay, this is not going better. Like, I can't do this. We're going to be dehydrated. Like, put it in your mouth. Like, okay. Well, it's at least delicious. So please don't put that. Don't put that. Yeah. Well, That's- <laughs> we'll stay, we're keeping that one in. Um, disappointments of 2022 so far. I'll go first, I guess, since I already touched on it, is definitely Williams. Uh, I did not want to see them at the back of the grid. I don't think anybody wants to see Williams at the back of the grid. They're like that team that you want to see do really well. Mm. They're like that. They're like that coworker employee you have that you like. They're a really great guy, and you want to see him like do well. But they always just show up late. And you're like, dude, you can't just show up on time. <laughs> and you'll do. We want to see you succeed, man. You got really great jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you have a great attitude. Just do the thing. And I think Williams is that team for the F1 grid for some reason. I think everybody wants to see them do well. They're mm. such a they're such a legacy team. Uh, and uh, their downfall started in the two thousands, if we're being honest, I mean, it's, you know, so it's, they've got a lot of things wrong in the underbelly of that team, the inner workings that I think they have to undo that, uh, a new principle is not going to fix in one season. I think that's what we're learning in 2022 is like, they've got some stuff they've got to do to really correct how their teams communicate with each other. And that's not going to be fixed in one season. I think Capito's doing, he seems like he's doing an all right job. I haven't really read much to be honest about like his performance overall. He's got some pretty interesting things to say about Albon. And I think they're true for the most part, uh, which are, yeah, well, he was quoted as saying a few weeks ago that like Albon needs to be a little bit more of a fighter uh, with his engineers and things like that. He needs to have a little bit more of an edge. You hear a lot of guys on the radio during a race that are like short with their engineers, but in a sense, you kind of want that quality. So I read that and I was like, ah, Albon's Albon's cool. I like him, but I thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, well, yeah, you kind of do need that bite to you Mm -hmm. um, to kind of get out ahead. And I think that's what he was saying. It was really interesting to hear a team principal talk about a driver. So candidly that way, but I think he was pretty, he was pretty spot on the mark. I think Albon's done great so far for what Mm -hmm. he's driving. It's just a weird for a car that just looked so fast. And typically that's the good rule is like the mm. car looked really fast before you even saw it on a track. And you're like, Ooh, that looks like the, that looks like the best car. And it is the best car. <laughs> and like the Williams car looks the same. I just, it just looked like it was going to be a really stable package. Uh, but those Mercedes style side pods just kind of bit them in the floor, so to speak. I agree with you in a way, but that Williams isn't terrible. Like, it's the worst car, think of your own. But, like, Albon is very rarely 19th. You know, he's pretty comfortably, you know, 14th, 15th, 16th. And I think that's that's something F1 needs such praise for, is even the worst car on the grid isn't awful, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't take a miracle any weekend for Williams to score points. A few DNFs and, like, a safety car, and that's it. It's not like the Haas of last year or... 
the Williams of, of the year before that. Mm. Um, and I think maybe once you get Nicky gone, because they've basically halved the amount of points they can score with Latifi. Latifi's never going to score any points. Yeah. Um, so they get a half decent driver in. You know, they get a, they get a Nick DeVries in. All of a sudden, yeah, they're still the worst car on the grid, but they're okay, you know. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think they've got a shot for next season. I just want to see them improve next season. And even if it's just like a few spots up, I think everybody wants to see them making progress. Mm. So yeah, we'll give you one season just, and then you got to get it together, man. That'd no pressure. Terrible. No pressure at all. You're not in a, you're in a very chill, relaxed sport. Okay. Just take your time. That's really, <laughs> that's really the ethos of formula one is take your time. You know, <laughs> let's like just it. meander on. Um, about our, our business. Uh, okay, cool, man. Uh, let's do a hot take corner right before we take off. Mm. That was meant to be, that was meant to be like a, like a V8. And then but I, just dropped, I just dropped the sound effect in there right now. So we, we don't have to listen to that. So we, oh, we've got the, yeah, we've got, I've got the explosions. So the sound effects, yeah. explosions are always cool. Yeah. Uh, you got it first. No, go for it. Okay. My hot take this week is Alpha Tauri are an utter waste of an F1 team. Wow. A junior team is such a waste, okay? What was the point? You imagine, okay, you're like Red Sox. I don't know if you watch baseball. I'm, I'm picking American sport. You've got 10 teams in the league and you've got Red Sox and you've got Red Sox 2. Yeah. Red Sox 2 are never going to win the championship, are they? So they're, they're such a... Red get rid of them. It's, Junior teams should be banned, by the way. It's not fair that they can have two teams huh. to split that through. Because then what? what's stuff in like, I don't know, five teams in the grid being Red Bull, five teams in the grid being Ferrari. You just have a, a league table. I hate it. Get rid of AlphaTauri, get Porsche in, get Audi in, and get 10 teams that in different timelines can win the World Championship. Because AlphaTauri never could. I like the I like the example of Red Sox too. Like, dude, if there was just a <laughs> who are we playing this weekend, guys? Oh, Red Sox too. Oh, well, that's a waste of time. It just says two on their jersey, just Red Sox too. Like, oh, okay, well, what are we? Like Crimson Sox or like they play at like Harvard's baseball field. They don't even <laughs> wait. It's like just a junior field. It's like, are you still a major league team? Uh, man, that's actually not the worst take I've ever heard. Also, I just don't like their car. You know, on on a totally superficial note. Hey guys, jazz it up. You know what I'm saying? Blue mm. and white. What are we? The New York Yankees? What's going on? It's just boring. I fall asleep looking at their car and it's a race car. I don't want to fall asleep looking at a race car. Exactly. I want to be jazzed up. I want to be hyped up. I want to feel my adrenaline coursing through my veins just from looking at the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Bring back Toro Rosso. At least it was a cool like blue car. You know, I miss it. Yeah. I miss that color. If we're being Like honest. a Hot Wheel car. Yeah, dude. It was so blue. It just looked like a Red Bull can. It was super cool. Um, my hot take is that on the on the train of the, of the previous hot takes where I talked about bringing back refueling, as soon as we get to these uh, new fuels, these new synthetic fuels, my hot take is do away with the hybrid system. Formula One mm. is do away with the hybrid system and start talking about combustion engines with these new fuels that are naturally aspirated, like the, uh, the late 2000s. Uh, cars that we had bring back that scream baby i want to hear that scream you know it was just such a visceral emotion provoking sound um mm. it, just that scream of those v8s those v10s and the way that they operated 
the way you're able to design a race car around that, I just think it would be a really interesting thing to see a naturally aspirated car integrated with this newer technology that we had, while at the same time, kind of navigating the challenge of, okay, we don't have a hybrid system for boosts or anything like that. What are we going to do about that? And I feel like in some areas that would maybe cause a little bit more competition between the teams as far as like a closer uh, a closer uh, battle uh, with a lot of these teams on track. So I don't know, man. I feel like it would be cool. I, Karun, I think uh, Karun said that a few races ago and it really stuck with me and I, I kind of tend to agree. So mm-hmm. truth be told, obviously that's not my, uh, that's not an original take, but I think it is a hot take worth talking about. Hey, can we figure out a way this is motor racing. It ain't battery racing, you know, it's sure. motor racing. It's motor racing. Um, but I will say seeing those cars in real life, it didn't matter too much. Uh, at least you could talk to people while the cars were going by. It didn't like leave your ears bleeding. So that's true. Yeah. I guess yeah. for the spectator in the water, it is better. I got to find a ticket for us grand prix. It's coming up. Um, I know we got to wrap it up, but just real quick, uh, your thoughts, your initial thoughts on the game so far, F122, the game by the ever, competent Codemasters is out now. Um, uh, we've been playing it for about a month. What do you think so far? Everything on the base level is good. Yeah. I think the card forms is good. AI is more aggressive. Handling's fun. But there are just so many stupid bugs. Like the, the formation up thing. You know, like the formation up just doesn't work. Yeah. Like you'll heat up your tires and everything. Yeah. Start the race 70 degrees. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting so sick of the poor standard of yeah. quality in these F1 games. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the, uh, the Bitcoin item shop and like for the last four weeks in a row, it's just been like materials for your floor and like lamps. And Wait, there's, what's no, that? there's no like liveries <laughs> or helmet. It's like, dude, I'm doing a racing game. I want to just have the live, give, give me liveries and helmets and stuff like that. I don't need floor materials. What's going on. Uh, but I think the handling models, it's all right. I just, I think they need to redo the base code and let's do it. Let's get another game engine in there because I think it's long overdue. Yeah. Uh, but the handling is all right. I, I give it, you know, it's all right for right now. We'll dive more into this uh, in our next episode. I just wanted to get your initial thoughts for right now, but uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. You got to go. Uh, you're going to a party, huh? It's a, it's about six hours ahead of me right now. I am. It's seven o'clock. It's prime, prime party time. I'm going to nice. get some instant noodles down me nice. and then, then we're off in your Dutch football shirt. Right there. Oh, yeah, this is definitely Dutch and not just bought it off ASOS for a center. All right. Definitely we'll, Dutch. We will get out of here. I will, I'll actually hang up with you right now, let you go. And uh, we're running out of time anyway. So, um, James, thanks for joining me once again. And uh, we will be back when we're back. Uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at armchair underscore Apex. We're essentially at this point a Twitter account with an occasional podcast. So that's how that gets right now. So that's what we'll be doing. So uh, we will see you next time. And uh, James. Talk to you soon, buddy. See you later. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.